0: Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Kredemis, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm excited to bring you a conversation I just had with Ashley O'Gall of We Teach Joy, a website and organization that's dedicated to helping Christian teachers make a bigger difference and teach joy to their students. You should definitely check it out at weteachjoy.com. In this conversation, we talk about how you, how we as Christian teachers can make a bigger difference in the lives of the students that God will place in our classrooms this year. It ranges from inspirational to practical, and I hope that you will find it encouraging and helpful. Here we go. So I'm here today with Ashley O'Gal from We Teach Joy. Thanks so much for being here, Ashley.
1: Thanks, Linda. I'm excited to be here.
0: Before we get into our discussion, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your teaching
1: experience? Yeah, I am a 10-year, and I can't believe I'm saying that, 10-year veteran in the classroom, I studied communication in college and then went on to teach speech courses at the high school level and currently teach English um, at the middle school level and have taught abroad um, in the Middle East and then now back in America. So I've had a vast amount of experience wow. <laughs> have loved every minute of it.
0: That's awesome. And you are one of the founders of We Teach Joy at weteachjoy.com. Can you share a little bit about like what is your goal, mission, and and where did you come up with the name We Teach Joy?
1: Yeah. Well, it, you know when God asks you to be obedient to something and it just feels like a dream. It feels like I don't really know how this will work. <laughs> um, that's where I was about five years ago, not knowing what God wanted to do, but I started an Instagram page called Teach Joy. I wanted a way to be able to connect with some of my students in the Middle East. And from there, I just posted uplifting things. Um, And I felt the Lord really calling me to move that into something more formal. And so what we currently do is offer trainings and retreats for Christian women who teach. Um, We hope one day to be able to move that into the male sector. But what we do is we empower teachers we equip them and we encourage them through our workshops and retreats to be lights um, on their campus and in their city so we've got a variety of programs that we run but we really are currently bouncing from city to city in Texas training teachers
0: And that's so awesome, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things you have going on later, but I'm excited to talk about today um, what you just mentioned, where we we wanted to get on, Ashley reached out and asked if we could talk, and I I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast, so we could talk just about Mm -hmm. this kind of common passion that we both share and that you guys share too, or you wouldn't be listening right now, and that is about impacting students, making that generational change in their lives, and, you know, why that's important and how we can do that. So we hope that this episode will just be encouraging, inspirational, and we have a goal that we'll share at the end that we really want to um, Mm -hmm. encourage you to do. So um, let's kind of start up about the beginning, Ashley. I don't, can you share, you've taught all over, can you share some of your experiences about the home lives of children and and what they're Mm -hmm. facing and some of those struggles?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I feel that really. I growing up as an American, I I was really blessed to have parents who love me and still love me today, and worked really hard, but they were always present in my life. Um, and so when I when I walk into my classroom now, there's some things that I see um, that I feel like, gosh, I'm so blessed and and really privileged to be able to have walked through my teenage years with parents present. Um, so a lot of the things that I see currently are students who come into my classroom who are struggling through their parents divorce um they you know they come in and they're like well I was with my dad this weekend or I was with my mom this weekend or with my stepdad and and I don't understand the the impact of that on children but I I do see it oftentimes in my classroom where kids are just um you know moving from place to place and really lacking a security of home and then um you know, I think that, that I think that that's something in a society, I, I honestly think that Satan has really come in and attacked American families and, and brought a lot of division in that way. Absolutely. So I don't know, that's one thing, but I, I really see a lot of like poverty, just poverty mindsets in my classroom where kids come in and they don't really know how to advocate for themselves or stand up for themselves or lacking a confidence that I feel like um, maybe generations before kids had, um, and so things happening within society, just coming kids going home and not having a support system, watching TV or video games or really babysitting them. And that's not all kids. I mean, not all of my students are dealing with those things, but I think overall it feels like a lack of community. It feels like kids aren't really as connected to family members or um, things happening within their own communities, so when they come into my classroom, they really struggle to understand how I'm trying to build a classroom culture that is a community.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're so right, and I mean these. You, you hear all people say right kids these days you know quote unquote and and that's not at all what we're trying to say we're not trying to say that you know like yeah. oh, all this but there are genuine struggles that kids mm. are facing today that are worse or or more difficult or just maybe more systemic than they mm. were in the past it's just a, a much bigger problem would you agree with that
1: i agree yeah uh, i totally agree yeah,
0: yeah. so go ahead
1: No, yeah. And I'm with you, Linda, because I I never want to be that teacher that's pointing the finger and saying, you know, kids these days, because every generation struggles through something. But I do feel like just I think just being there now, it feels so heavy some days, it feels so Mm -hmm. dark some days where it's like, what's the solution? Like, what can we do to what can I do to support these kids? Um, um, And not that I feel weak because i know through christ i'm strong but there are just days where it's like gosh all these struggles that they have how can i support them
0: yeah it seems it seems like sometimes so insurmountable and like you're just you're just making drops in the butt you know am i even making a dent a dent in this so so let's think about that you know there's different influences in a parent's life i'm sorry in in a child's life we've got parents we've got Teachers, um, mm-hmm. and then if they go to church, they have they have that. They have they have community. Right. Can you talk a little bit about those different influences?
1: Yeah, I, you know, w- realistically, we are. I think teachers, we are really some of the greatest influencing ki- influencers in kids' lives. You know, beyond parents and and your home life, whatever that support system looks like at home. I always talk to people about how. You know that that work is happening at home and whether we agree with it or like it or believe in what happens at a child's house we legally can't walk into those homes and change how their parents are raising them um or change the influence that their parents have had or grandparents or you know fill in the blank for for whatever's happening outside of our classrooms so so we've got to be able to recognize that we are really the influencers Um, I'm a certified principal and I understand that role, but I also recognize the enormous impact that teachers get to have every single day on kids' lives, just that intimate opportunity to sit with them and talk with them and know them. And I love superintendents and I think they do great work, but it also feels like, but who's working with that child every day? Who's interacting with them? Who's spending um, lots of time at the elementary school level so much time is spent with the teacher. Um at the secondary level, at least 45 minutes, you know, with that child. And so I really want I really want to help teachers. You know, one day I was super frustrated and I was talking to a teacher who taught for 30 years and um she left me with that. We we ended the conversation and she said, But Ashley, I know all these things are frustrating and all these things don't seem to make sense. Education's a bit out of whack, but who are the influencers? And it was like, it's us, us teachers. We are the ones who get to impact and influence these children's lives.
0: Yeah, and, and I think sometimes we can lose track of that because sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like we're not making an impact, you know. It's like I've told this, you know, I've been working with this kid for months and I'm just not, you know, it doesn't seem like anything's getting through. You know, we have those great, you know, mountaintop experiences. where like, oh, we've seen progress. But I think so much of the, so much of the influence we have it it is the mountaintop experience, but it's it's just the day to day. Much right. more happens in the day to day when we don't even see the results of what we're doing until yeah. maybe a few years down the road, or may, maybe we won't ever see it. But I mean, you can think right. about that, right? Every one of us can think back to teachers we had in high school, in middle mm-hmm. school, in elementary, and and they impacted us, and we. Pu- they might have never even realized the difference <laughs> yeah. that they made. We weren't mature enough always to tell them, right? But mm-hmm. um, I think I think we have to keep that in mind that we, we are making a difference and what we're teaching students is so important. And I don't know, I think especially just in our day and age, there are so many philosophies, so many unbiblical philosophies yeah. flying right. around, so many that are being actively taught. So yeah, any... You know, I, I really do believe in that. Just being that example to our students um, is just so important. So I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours, yours first. What are some of the seeds that, you know, we as teachers can plant in students' lives? You know, what what can we do um, yeah. to help them?
1: Right. You know, I, I think back in Scripture, I love... Um, this summer, I'm really loving First John a lot, and when he starts to talk to us about a new command, and he's like, you know, we we get to be lights in darkness, like, that's what we get to do. I think so much about that role, and, and, and like you were just saying, Linda, those the seeds may seeds are little right practically they're little and you know you don't often get to see we've we've all heard the analogy of planting a seed but never getting to see if it blooms or um and then there's parables that talk about seeds within the word that say you know some of them fall on rocky land and some of them fall on good soil so there is almost a gamble in planting seeds in kids lives but i think the ones that i really push and i try to impart to my students is a seed of joy. Um, you know, in the midst of whatever they're going through, I try to make my classroom a place where, you know, I'm, I'm really big on classroom culture. And so, you know, this is a joyful place. This is a place where we get to break bring our brains together and and join as learning communities to push and grow and dig in and ask questions and go deeper and to really be thoughtful in our approaches and so I love that. one of the you know yeah one of the things I really I just try to make it a joyful place like when they come into my room they know there's music playing it's you know got lights lamps uh, up and ready to go that are just bring a different environment. Um, another seed that I really tried to plant to my students is the importance of building strong relationships. And, and I know we've all heard that before and thought about that. But for them as well, like I know as an adult, it's my job to build strong relationships with my students. But I want to teach them, you know, at the middle school age, there's so much happening, but they can learn the art of building a strong friendship. And they can learn the art of building a great relationship with their teachers um, so those are two that I really push and and I feel like so much of it is really the Lord guiding me. Um, I see students who, who lack a joy, who lack friendship, who lack these things. And so I, I try to work really hard to be intentional in saying, Okay, here's what you know, here's what Kevin needs, here's what Lisa needs. Let me try to give those kids some a tool, a skill, a something to help them get beyond our compound sentence lesson, you know, something else that they can use in the world.
0: I love those examples because you're right. You're like, you're, you're, you're showing them through your actions and through what you're mm-hmm. teaching them. You're giving them skills for life, but you're also shining the light of God in their lives, you know, whether they realize it or not. And, yeah. you know, it, it's really interesting. Um, I've been doing Teach of the Heart for quite a few years now, and mm-hmm. I've almost always struggled a little bit with, um, you know, I, I know when you teach in a public school, it, it's tough because you know what students need most is Jesus, right? That right. that right. is yeah. that is what they need most, but yet you have no ability to come out and tell them that. You know, you can't do that. And um, me teaching in a Christian school, I've always kind of struggled with, like, yeah, like, I don't don't know what – that's really tough thing. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've encouraged teachers in the past to, you know, share truth when you can. And I think sometimes people misunderstood what I was saying by that. You know, I'm like, I'm not saying to preach. Like, you can't do that, obviously. Right. But it was really interesting because this last um, year – In our Sunday school class at church, um, we've been talking a lot about evangelism, and there's been this diagram that we've used, and I wish I could show you. I'll try to find an image and put it at teachfortheheart.com slash we teach joy, where all the notes will be for this episode, but I'll try to describe it to you guys because I found it so helpful in relationship to this, in relationship to teaching in a public school. So the illustration, if you imagine, on the left-hand side is someone that does not know God at all. They've maybe never even heard of him. And on the right-hand side, you've got a committed follower of Christ, right? a, a true disciple, right? And you've got like a continuum between there. And somewhere in the middle is the point of salvation, right? Where someone chooses to give their life to Christ. Um, but before that, there's all kinds of steps, right? Maybe they're, they're, they're listening, they're considering, they're thinking, they're all these steps right and then even beyond that beyond that point of salvation there's more steps right um, New, a baby Christian growing in maturity learning to trust all these other steps and we talked throughout the year about how sometimes we want to compress this whole process down into, like, one conversation, right? <laughs> like, we want <laughs> right. to go to someone and right. say, like, I've not, you know, you, you've you never heard of God. Like, let, let's see if you can become a committed follower in the next 10 minutes, right? And sometimes <laughs> right. God does that. Sometimes he does. But more often than not, it that's not how it is, right? It's, mm, um, yes. you might be the one privileged to get them across the line. But typically, it's just one one step at a time and so we use the phrase moving um moving people to the right uh one step to the right one step closer to christ and the idea that every hopefully we're having multiple interactions with people that will move them one step closer and i thought that was so helpful in so many ways it's helpful it's helpful in parenting but i think it's really helpful in teaching too because i think sometimes i know for me i would tend to think like man like if i can't give him jesus like Ugh! what am I doing? Am I doing any good? But it's like, no, all of those steps, when you can show Jesus through your actions, when you can bring up the topic of God in educational ways (laughs) that are allowed, you know, just to get kids thinking on their own, you know, any of when you, when you talk about, you know, character, when you talk about worldview, um, all these things that you are allowed to do when you, when you show joy, teach joy, you can be moving students one step that direction. You can be you know, piquing their curiosity and, and, and um, just, like I said, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was really yeah, helpful for me. Good, I Linda. hope it's helpful yeah. to somebody else um, because yeah, yeah. It, these are just the seeds, right?
1: Right. That's so good, Linda. And I, I totally agree with you and I love that diagram because it, it, it is that like you just think about your own life and how I I think about my life and how there were just these small steps. And I, I often talk about just these key people in my life there's, you know, five or six from my youth that they planted seeds in me. You know, they taught yeah. me things. They showed me things. And and I don't even know if they knew what they were doing, but they were consistently trying to plant that seed. And so uh, I use the example a lot at our workshops of imagine kiddos who go to public schools and every year of their life, they encounter a Christian teacher and that Christian teacher plants a seed and then mm. that second grade teacher plants a seed and all the way up and they're just planting seeds. It's like, I feel, I feel so strongly about that being a reality for kids that they get someone who knows the Lord and loves the Lord and chooses to plant seeds so that that kid has an opportunity to know God's love through an actual person who's with them, you know, at that stage in their life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I- that's such a helpful picture, just just mm-hmm. to think of that, and yeah, like it doesn't, and like like we said, it doesn't always feel like you're making a difference, but right. those seeds are there, and and God can use them. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. so one thing that we can we're coming away with a couple concrete things. One thing is we're just going to plant these seeds whenever we can. We're going to move people to the right whenever we can. Just in every way, in every day, just letting Christ shine through us, pushing back darkness. What is the second thing? And this is the one we've been building to and I'm really excited to talk about. I'll let you I'll let you yeah. share it.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Linda. Thanks. Like, yeah, we're here. Because this is it. Really, I mean, salvation comes through Christ alone. So, you know, as much Texas is a pretty evangelical place, we all get real, you know, geeked out and excited about salvation and being able to lead people to Christ, but that that really comes just through through faith alone, through Christ alone. So I, Linda and I have just gone back and forth with this. We both are so passionate about reminding teachers the power of prayer, right? Just the power of praying bigger, dreaming bigger for kids, being this force um, that we get to be because the Holy Spirit's been deposited in us, is what the word says, that we can intercede for kids. We can stand in the gap for them. And you know i'll get emotional if i talk about it too long but i think about all the students that i've taught over the years and and you know i've not been the most faithful prayer for them all but the ones that i feel like god placed on my heart to pray and intercede and to love them through prayer it's been amazing to watch what god has done to see how you know i knew that that child was struggling with an illness and then they came in two weeks later and they had been healed. Or to know that that child had really been struggling through a friendship and I got to pray for them. Um, and and just sweet moments where you are allowed to, to do something that is so discreet and it's legal and it's... Um, but it's the most powerful thing that we can do. It is the most, it is the tool that we get to use and we cannot neglect it. And we cannot, you know, haphazardly decide, oh, I think I'll pray for these kids. It's like, no, those, those 30, those 150, whatever amount, those 15 that have been imparted to you for this school, for that school year, I truly believe the best thing that we can do for them is to pray. So uh, one of my board members and just awesome mentors you know i was having a hard school year and she said ashley you pray over everything (laughs) pray over the door Pray over the seats, pray over the board, pray over your desk, pray, Ashley, pray, ask God to come and be a part of that classroom. And if you need to pray around, walk around the school, pray over lockers, pray, um, on the sidewalks outside where kids will walk in, walk around the school, like surround that school with prayer because, um, God can do work that we can't, hallelujah. And he can, he can open doors that we could never imagine, and I think so often it's just asking him to do that. It's just saying, God, I'm I'm asking, like, can you help this school be a place that is full of joy and a full of peace? And um, so it just excites me so much to talk about prayer because it is this intimate, sweet conversation that we get to have with our Savior and then to be able to step in and be a force for these young children. Um, oh, and Linda, I could just go on. A friend told me the other day, she said, Ashley got think about it. I have grandmas, aunts, uncles, all these people who have prayed for me. I don't know if some of these kids have that. I don't know if they have all these people around them, surrounding them in prayer. So we've got to be those people.
0: Yes. I mean, thank you. Thank you. I love just hearing you talk. It's Uh-oh. been, it is just, I hope, Mm -hmm. it's influencing teachers listening to this as much as it me just to recall us back to prayer because it is, I don't know why it is so easy to just lose track of that or to feel like, I, like, I don't know, it's some it, easy to lose track of it in the day-to-day and in the busyness, but it is truly the most important thing we can do. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this even more recently, just, you know, with so much political upheaval lately and all these things going on. And like you said, all these these big problems in kids' lives that we feel so helpless to even mm-hmm. like make a dent in, because yeah. honestly, we, like I said, we said, you know, we talked about planting seeds and the difference we can make, but honestly the difference we can make is like a mm. drop in the bucket compared to what God can do. Yeah. And he yeah. is the answer to these big political pro- issues. Like he yeah. is the answer to each student's life. He is the answer to our problems. Like, and it is all in his sovereign hands and he wants yeah. us to pray and bring it to him. And, and whenever we lose, get, lost in a problem like we have got to go back there and just and just realize like prayer like taking it to him trusting him in it but asking him to move like that is the answer like that's not a pat you know i know there's been almost like a pushback in our culture a little bit against you know Pray against like oh you know I, I don't know if you've seen this in social media it's kind of this thought of like forget the thoughts and the prayers we need to change things right. and i'm yeah. like okay yeah. i see i see what you're <laughs> saying but mm-hmm. you're like and I, I i expect that from unbelievers they don't they don't get it right but we yeah. as christians can never think that way like the That's prayer true. is the change <laughs> we actions must follow but it's got to start with prayer so thank you yeah. so much for for sharing that
1: yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just I'll say this, too, because I feel like so often people are like, well, I don't need maybe I don't know what to pray or how to pray. I think praying scripture is one of the most powerful things that we have in our toolbox and what we, you know, that we we can access even just over our own children, our own family. Personally, praying back what God has already said, He's made some very clear promises to us in His Word. So praying those back and then believing it, Linda. Like I, you know, I love to pray, but it's like Ashley. Sometimes you're praying and you don't actually believe what you just pray. Like yes. you did it because you're a good Christian girl and you know how to do that, but you don't believe it, you know. So I just want to challenge teachers to pray really big prayers this year for their kids and then to believe it, you know, like say it, ask God for those things, but then really walk it out. So when you're with that child, you know, I'll speak personally for myself. Like, Ashley, you're praying this for that child. Now check your attitude, you know, check Mm -hmm. your behavior towards that child because you're asking God to do it. And he will, like the scripture tells us, you know, to approach his throne with confidence. So like, I'm doing that, but I can't, Approach it with confidence and then have a flip behavior or a flip reaction when I'm asking the God of all the universe to impart, you know, wisdom and hope into this child's life. So I just know sometimes I can have it. There's a dichotomy for me of like I'm praying for it, but then I'm not actually walking in that belief that right. God could do it, you
0: know. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for sharing that as well. And and you have a tool, I believe, mm. coming up here in August for teachers that can help them pray scripture. I'm- directly to their classroom is that right I was just looking at this
1: yes we are so excited Um, my team and I this just the best ladies you could ever imagine all educators all have worked in education for years and we have put together a resource for teachers to, to back to school prayer guide is what we're calling it and it literally just has you know every day a different area that we can pray for for our students for ourselves for our leaders on our campus for the community that we serve and it's all based on scripture, so we are gonna. We've got that tool ready for you guys, and we'd love for you to access it. Um, Linda's gonna help put that all together, but you know, we've got reminders set up for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, so we'd love for you to follow us there. And and just we want to challenge you to pray to start the school year um, praying.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to share this. I was just checking it out and it looks great. And we're going to link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash we teach joy. We'll have all the notes from this as well as a link to the back to school. Does it have a name back to school prayer guide? Or That's it. Yeah,
1: awesome. I think we're calling it the August back to school prayer guide. Awesome. Yes.
0: That's great. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Do you have anything else you want to add
1: before we wrap up? No, Alinda. I think that's gr- I would just love for people to follow um, what we're doing. We, we're praying and asking God to do big things through We Teach Joy. And so we love to give away things. Something else that we're giving away is a back-to-school Spotify playlist for you to jam out to as you awesome. get ready. And they're <laughs> cutting things out and getting everything organized. So it's an exciting time of the year. It's like Christmas for teachers. It's like, we're going back. It's <laughs> happening. Let's do it. We can meet our kids. That's awesome.
0: And we'll, um, when you get that ready, we'll link to that in the article as well. Well, thank you so much. This has been so encouraging just to speak with you and I pray that it's been encouraging to you guys listening as well. Um, we typically, um, or often at least end our podcast in prayer, actually,
1: would you mind praying for us, Ashley? I would love to, Linda. Thank you so much. Oh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have, um, to declare your truth and your name and your love, God, through our actions in the classroom. Father, we don't take it for granted, and we just praise you, God, because we know that you have imparted this opportunity to us, that you've given us the passion to teach and to love and to guide students. so, God, we ask that you'd go before us in this next school year, that you would use us to be cities on a hill, God, to be lights in dark places, Father, that you would equip us with all that we need through the Spirit, Um And that, God, you would honestly just do work that only you can do, that you'd work miracles in our classrooms. Father, I thank you for Linda and for all the work that she does. I pray that teachers would continue to be encouraged as I have been, Lord, through this ministry. God, we we trust you, God, and we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for being here, Ashley. Thanks, Linda. Thanks. I so much enjoyed talking with Ashley, and I hope you found it helpful and encouraging as well. Don't forget, you can connect with them at weteachjoy.com, and all of the links and resource we mentioned, including the back-to-school month of prayer, can be found at teachfortheheart.com weteachjoy. Looking forward to speaking with you guys again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.